0: Rambam, Mishneh Torah, Hilchais, the laws of Toyin Viniton litigation, plaintiff and defendant, Patek Shisha also the last and final chapter of this section. We will have completed after this all 16 chapters of the laws of litigation. Patek Shisha also chapter 16, with Mazelabrachah, Aleph 1, Ruben Shemachal the Shimon Mr. A, let's call him Ruben, sells to Mr. B, let's call him Shimon Afield. The Mr. C, let's call him Levi, was one of the de Ashtar, the witnesses of the deed. There was a contract signed. Ruben sells Shimon Afield, and Levi is one of the signatories as a witness. A little later, the same lady who was a signatory on the sale comes and lodges an objection. And he argues, This guy, Reuben, he stole the field from me, says lady. It's my field. We don't listen to him. What do you mean it's your field? You signed the document saying Reuben sold it to Shimon. How can it be your field? You're drunk. So that we don't even look at the proof he brings. But he lost all his rights. Why? Because we say to him, You're a machine. How can you, on the one hand, be a witness on a sale, but on the other hand, coming and lodge an objection? You're crazy, man. So also, if Levi. Signed as a witness on another document, not for Ruben's sale to Shimon, but for another document. I saw the show Ruben let's say it was Yehuda, a new guy. Yehuda's field is adjacent to Ruben's field, from the east or from the west, making a reference to the fact that that's Reuben's field in a document also being that he made it as a reference. In another document, and and he was the signatory, he was the witness, again, he loses his privilege to object that he is the owner of and he can't complain. Sham and we say to him, Mr. how could you be a witness on the one hand to this document, Shikasa Bay, in which it is stated. Has the hazard plaini that this and this field is adjacent to Rubin's field with tachzin, and then a week or a year later come back and lodge an objection. So this is the law. It's the law. Bays to Tohan or Aidva Omar. What if the witness claims and argues and says, You don't get it. I didn't say this is. Reuben's field. Tell him, sisi simon. there's one row in Reuben's field, one row in that field that I used as a, an indicator in that other agreement for Yehuda. But they call Asad, I never indicated that the whole field belonged to him. And he says here, a stretch of earth large enough to plant nine kabim of grain. That's the minimum size of a field. Nothing smaller could have been referred to as a field. So when I say field, I meant a tiny little field, one row. What I meant to say is just that row is Ruben's, but the rest is mine. Aha, good argument. Good, a- good explanation. It's an argument that sounds right. It's, it's, it sits well. Tell him he can now lodge an objection and claim the whole field is his except for that row. All of the above is only applicable if it's one of the two witnesses who signed a document. But if the claim is that you, Levi, were a judge, you you. Validated, you authenticated this document. You're a judge. You're one of the three judges who signed authenticating this document. Is that a problem? No. Yesh Leila can still lodge a complaint. Why? Because any judge could always argue and say, listen, when I validate a document, I don't validate a document. When I authenticate a document, I don't authenticate a document. I authenticate witnesses' signatures. I'm not obligated to read the document, just the signatures. I'll tell you the truth, I don't know what it says in the document, nor do I need to know. It's none of my business. Because what the judges need to do is authenticate signatures. They don't have to read it, but not so. Ha'edim, a witness has to read it. You know, they call you up to a wedding and they tell you, "Sign this k'suba." Take it and read it. Make sure it's the right groom and the right bride. Witnesses should read what they're signing. Otherwise, you may just have given your house away. Ah, well, you must have just—you may have just agreed to pay for the party, to pay for the whole wedding. ha'edim, but witnesses ain't chesmen. should never sign a document. Unless they read the whole thing, the doctor Gubay and they are meticulously cautious about the details. Next scenario, very interesting. What if Shimon comes to Levi and he says to him, "Listen, my friend Levi, we go back a long way. I want some advice from you. I saw the plainest and I'm about to purchase." This and this field from Reuben. And he shows him the lot description. If you advise me to buy it, I'll buy it. You don't advise me to buy it, I won't. What do you say? Should I buy it? Amar le'i le'vi, le'vi said, yeah, good deal. Le'ichoknei, I said, go buy it. Teva it's wonderful. Now can le'vi come back a week or a month or a year later and object and say it's his field? When he just advised them to buy it. From Reuben. The answer is yes, he can. Why? Pourquoi? Because. Yes, <laughs> can still object. <laughs> did not lose his right. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because <laughs> he didn't do anything. All he did is spoke. He said it's a good field. Buy it. So, he says to Mishigana, "Why did you tell me to buy it if you say it's yours?" Because he could have said, "Because he could say, it's beneficial for me if you buy it." Because I want it to leave the ownership of Alam, Ruben. Because Reuben is a mafia guy, and I'm afraid of him. He's a strong man, a starker, a bully. I know it's mine. I'd rather you own it. With you, I'll have a good time. I'll demand it in a court of law. I'm afraid to take Reuben to court. And I'll take possession of my field. And again, some commentaries say, I, you paid for it? We're working out. I'm not trying to hurt you. So it's to my advantage that you buy the field. Reuben objected to Shimon. Rishimon Omar and Shimon said, Ruben, Mr. A, comes to Mr. B and says, Hey, you're in my field. Get out of my field. Get out of here. Omar and Shimon said, That's what they used to say in Newark when I was a kid. Get out of here. Shimon says, yadeya, ma, I don't know what you're talking about. That's Brooklyn. I don't know what you're talking about. Ella sodazumi Levi the Kahtiya. I Shimon bought this field from Levi. And here are witnesses that I utilized it and enjoyed its produce for three years. Ah Reuben can say to him, Yeshli. Really, I have witnesses, Sheba Ba that you came to me in the evening. We are and you said to me, Lee saw the zoo. Sell me this field." Here you're claiming you bought the field from Levi. You came to me and said I should sell you the field, and here are witnesses. So your claims are a little drunk. Ain Zuriah, this is no proof. Why not? Why is human buying fields? From Levi and the same field from Reuben. The Ashlei Shimon Leimer, because Shimon can say, "Listen, I really need this field." I heard that you have claims to it. I wanted to buy it from you. That you should never object that it's yours. If you have any ownership to it, I bought it. You shouldn't sue me in court. I never admitted that you have a real claim. I just want you out of my life. I really need this field. The fact that he came and offered to buy it from Reuben, because Reuben had a claim to it. It doesn't mean that he didn't buy it from Levi. And to prove that Reuben has a claim to it, he's claiming it. If Shimon does not give this argument, then we don't give him the idea of making this argument. Hey, Reuben, she eat it if Reuben objects. Maybe Adam and brought witnesses that it's his field. Next scenario. And Shimon, who's in the field, claims, You sold it to me. Reuben comes to Shimon and says, it's my field. Shimon says, yeah, but you sold it to me. Good claim. And I enjoyed it for three years or more, so I don't even have to have my document. And Reuben says, ha, ha, you enjoyed it for three years or more, you're a thief because you stole it from me. Because Allah halto, because you robbed it from me.
1: Bein shelo yhayo
0: edim shalachal klaw, whether there are witnesses that he enjoyed the produce. Bein shayyasham edechat shalachal sheishonim, where there's only one witnesses that that testifies that he ate it shalachonim three years. Ein nechayev lahamzirat peiros shalachal, he does not have to return. The produce. Why? Because his claim is, I ate my produce. And there are no witnesses that saw him eat produce that could say you ate the other guy's produce. It's his admission that he ate produce. Because he himself admitted And why is this witness coming and saying that he ate for three years?. He's just coming to reinforce the power of the person who benefited. In fact, if he had a second witness, he could have kept the field. But Figo, therefore, this is an interesting case as it relates to the body of the field itself, Reuben can take a rabbinic oath of Hesses that he never sold it. And therefore it reverts back to him. Why? Because Shimon does not have a good claim with witnesses. However, and Shimon could take a rabbinic oath of That he owes him nothing of the produce. And he's exempt from restoration of the produce. So Reuben gets to keep the field. Shimon gets to keep the produce. But what if there were two witnesses who testify about Shimon that he enjoyed the produce for less than three years, which would be a chazokah, He doesn't have a Chazaka. That changes everything. He must restore all the produce that he consumed. Even one witness must must restore. Why? Because because he's not conflicting. He's not objecting to what the witness says. The witness says he ate produce. And he says, and he says, I ate produce. And what he's saying is, hey, this one witness testify truth. and I ate produce for two years, but and I ate my own. Well, this is a problem. He needs to swear, because when there's one witness, but he can't possibly take an oath. Because he agrees with what the witness is saying. You don't take an oath when you agree. Therefore, he has no choice, he has to pay. Zion, seven out of 10, anyone who is obligated to restore produce. Now the question is, how much produce did I eat that you want me to restore? How much do I owe you? Send me a bill. Imlay how you doing if it's unknown, the courts can't even estimate a sum the amount to share him. Like the neighbors' houses or fields of or, or others, you can't even hire an appraiser. you paid us ilana, paid you're doing it was the fruits of an orchard or a tree, which are not really known and neighbors' properties will not illuminate it being that clearly there's no definite claim here. You owe me so much and so much money when there's no definite claim. But there is an admission. In that case, the fellow has to pay whatever he admits. So if he admits to one apple, that's what he has to pay. However, the court issues a ban of ostracism, and to anybody, who, to anybody who claims he ate very little, but really he, he consumed a lot of produce, refuses to pay. He's ostracized, excommunicated, which is a very serious thing in Jewish life. People run from that. What if somebody is required to return property. He had possession of property and the law requires him to return it, to relinquish and return. What if he rented it to others while he had it? And the renters are alive and well. You come to the renter and say, listen, I got bad news for you. You were paying rent to the wrong guy. Can you give it to the rightful owner? And I says, what? I was paying rent to the wrong guy? I'm going to sue him. You should. He should sue him for renting him the Brooklyn Bridge. You can't rent somebody something that's not yours. And if you do, there's a word for it. It's called a con man. It's called a thief tests, now in 9 and 10, which are the closing paragraphs, not only of this chapter, but of this set of laws, there is a very important law. And that is, even for a good reason, we don't lie in court, we don't make fictitious claims just because our lawyer tells us to. It is forbidden for a person to lodge a false claim. Why would somebody lodge a false claim? Because he wants to get to the right judgment. Either to pervert judgment, or to prevent its execution. For example, what's the scenario we're talking about? If somebody knows for a fact Mr. A knows for a fact that Mr. B owes him $100 or $100,000, not even a question. And he knows Mr. B is going to say, no, I don't. How do you prove it? You don't? You can't prove it. There's nothing you could do in a case like that. You you, You owe me money? I don't. Have a good day. The guy comes up with a brilliant idea. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to demand 200 from him. And if he admits that he owes me 100, not 200, he'll have to take an oath. Aha. That way, I'll get my 100 back or if he was demanding a hundred to Torah and Masayim and he argued 200, and he shouldn't say, I will deny everything in the court so I don't have to take oaths. Then later in the cafe I'll whisper in his ear and I'll say I do owe it to you in order that I don't have to take an oath and I'll pay him the money. In all these scenarios, lies are not permitted. Similar scenario, there are three people who are claiming from the same guy that he owes them a hundred. And he denies all of them. Why does he deny? You have Mr. A and Mr. B and Mr. C. All come to Mr. D and say, guys, you owe a hundred. So they come up with an idea. One of them should be the fellow who demands the plaintiff. Two of them should be witnesses. And then they'll get the hundred. They'll split it. So everybody, the three of them will get the hundred back. Because he owes a hundred to all three of them. So they each split it. That's good. When we, I believe what, it's, what it means is that he owes a total of a hundred to all three. So that's a good plan, how they can get their 100 back. Otherwise, they'll never have a chance of getting their 100 back. It's wonderful, except that it's forbidden. Any situation such as this and others, he's in our of the Torah, admonishes, and says, keep a distance from words of falsehood, even though you're trying to beat a con man at his own game. Don't lie in court. And we have concluded, toein Venitan with mazal u'bracha, sli'k'aluhu hilches to'en Venitan. This concludes the laws of litigation, uh, plaintiff and defendant, besiyat ha with the help of Hashem, with Mazul u'bracha, and before we turn it off, we have one set of laws left remaining for Book 13, and that is the laws of inheritance, And with God's help, we will pick up on it next time. End of chapter 16 and end of Laws of Litigation.